Hello, ako si Des Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Raffler Podcast episode kung saan nihimayin natin ang mga may init at mahalagang isyu sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Raffler's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin ang COVID-19 situation sa ating bansa ngayon. Kapansin-pansin na tila bumabalik na sa normal ang buhay ng mga marami. Pero... Sa likod ng mga to, patuloy pa rin tumataas ang bilang ng mga kaso. Nahita natin to dahil kahit ang presidente natin, si Ferdinand Marcos Jr. ay nagka-COVID nito nakaraang linggo. Bakit naging ganito ang sitwasyon sa Pilipinas? Bakit nga patila parang pagkatapos ng ilang buwang parang back to normal, bumabalik tayo sa isang tila surge na? Sasagutin natin ang mga tanong ito kasama ang ating lead COVID-19 reporter na si Bons Magsambol. Hi Bons, thank you for joining me today. Hello Jodes, thank you for having me again. Parang ano, no, nakikita ko parang may cycle tayo, no, na after ng mga months of lol na pag-uusap natin ay DepEd, kung ano-ano. Bilang, lagi nilang tayong babalik at babalik sa isang episode kung saan pag-uusapan natin yung nangyayari pagtaas ng mga bilang ng mga kaso. So, Bons, I always start our discussions with my parang situationer. Pwede mo kami bigyan ng situationer in general. Kamusta na ang COVID-19 situation ngayon? At... What's the reason behind this rising number of cases? Okay. Yun, so maganda na simulan nga natin yung discussion na to para bigyan siguro ng idea kung ano nga ba yung nangyayari ngayon sa COVID-19 situation here in the Philippines. So, uh, of course, most of you already know na cases have, have been rising again. Like for the end times, we lost track. Kung ilang surge na ba to, ilang spike in cases na ba yung nararamdaman natin. So ngayon nga, tumataas na naman siya. Pero I think the good news yung Silver lining dito is, despite the rise in cases, the entire Philippines remains low risk for COVID. And at the same time, manageable pa rin yung hospital admissions. So hindi pa rin tayo nakakakita ng pagtaas ng mga hospital admissions dito sa bansa, actually it's across the country. So yun, and despite that seemingly spike in cases, hindi na siya katulad before. So kung matatandaan nyo, during the Omicron peak in January, nakapag-record tayo ng 40,000 cases a day. Pero ngayon, though tumataas pa rin siya, nakakapag-record lang tayo on the average of 2,000. So yun, hopefully hindi na siya gaano tumaas pa in the coming days. So yun, yun yung general situation ng pandemic natin dito sa bansa. Once alam ko na tila may pattern tayo na like based na sa ating podcast na lol, episode, lol, episode. Pero you closely followed the situation. Did you expect na mapupunta na naman sa ganito? O why or why not? Okay. Aha, uh, paano ba? Did we expect? Uh, siguro, yeah. masasabi natin na yung virus kasi mag-mutate siya. I mean, everly mutating yung COVID-19 virus, yung coronavirus. So, as long as makakakuha ng host body yung virus, mag-mutate talaga yan. At hindi talaga siya may iwasan. So, in-expect ba natin siya? Yes. Pero yung severity ng cases or kung yung kung gaano ba siya nakakahawa or ka-infectious, yun yung hindi natin in-expect na ganito pala rin kahawa or mas infectious pa pala itong mga anak. Actually, tinatawag natin siyang anak ng Omicron kasi Omicron yung parang parent nila. So ito, mga offshoots to ng Omicron and ito yung nagda-drive ng uh, new surge in cases. Actually, hindi lang naman dito sa Pilipinas pero kahit sa ibang bansa din. Pero dito, yung maganda dito, actually, yung difference ngayon sa situation now uh, is that parang itong itong uh, itong infections kaya manageable pa rin siya kahit na maraming nahawa because majority of the population have already been have already been vaccinated yeah. so yun yung good thing de ba so kahit na maraming infections tayo pero kung bakunado ka naman hindi ka magkakaroon ng severe covid 
Yes. Pero ano no, bonds kahit sabi natin na vaccinated din talaga yung maraming tao, it's par- impossible to say na walang impact ito. Lalo na sa socioeconomic natin. Do you think na itong latest na search natin na mangyayari, if mangyari ito, na magtuloy-tuloy ito, ano sector yung nalipunan yung pinaka-maapektuhan if in case magkaroon ng para mga measures to soften the impact of this latest search? Okay, actually, top of mind, yung pinakaunang sector talaga na sobrang magsasuffer ng major setback is yung education sector. Kasi oh. recently, just recently, di ba, the Marcos administration, yung President Marcos, has been very vocal about like yung order niya to reopen schools for face-to-face classes. Kasi para makarecover na din tayo sa learning losses at the same time, sobra talaga naapektuhan tong education sector in no way na nag-domino effect siya sa lahat ng sectors pa sa society. So maraming businesses yung nag-close na related to the education sector. And at the same time, maraming mga schools din yung nag-close na talaga and just recently, di ba? Yung Kalayaan College. And aside from that, siguro yung natututunan ng mga bata. So kung in case na magkaroon ulit tayo ng major surge na pag mas lumalapat tong surge na to. So wala tayong, I mean, makokontrol natin siya in a way na kailangan nating mag-practice ng minimum health standards, public health standards. Pero yung impact nito, kung gaano siya kanakakahawa, hindi natin alam, baka mamaya mag-force na naman ulit sa distance learning. Pero sinasabi naman ng Department of Education, actually, the press briefing happened, hindi lang Tuesday. So sinabi ng Department of Education na regardless of COVID-19 alert level, tuloy-tuloy pa rin yung plano nila to shift all schools in the country. That's, well, we're talking about 60,000 public and private schools in the country na mag-shift or magta-transition na pabalik ng face-to-face classes. Para ano, Nubons, from what I've gathered, of course, I've listened to the discussions then on what can possibly happen. Pero from what I've gathered, out of the question na ang possible lockdown, no? Like what happened mm-hmm. in the past years, bakit kaya? Tingin mo, anong reasoning behind this? Bakit parang they're veering away from imposing another lockdown? Mm-mm. So I think the Philippine government, parang nakikita na nila on how other countries are responding to the health crisis. Diba kasi hindi naman pwedeng, actually many experts and even the local experts here in the Philippines have been pointing out na hindi naman tayong pwedeng yung immediate response for a surge in cases is to put areas on lockdown. Diba? Hindi pwedeng laging ganun yung response kung hindi mo naman siya i-prepared with another intervention. Yeah. Diba? So kung magla-lockdown ka pero hindi ka naman magtetest ng maraming tao at hindi effective yung contact tracing mo and isolation, meaningless yung lockdown. So magsasuffer yeah. lang yung economy. So yung economy, sobra na siya nagsasuffer. Yeah, so lahat ng, lahat ng sectors natin na-apektuhan na. So imagine ilang tao na naman yung magugutom, uh-huh. ilang tao na naman yung mawawala ng trabaho if magla-lockdown na naman tayo. And sa ngayon, mm-hmm. nakakaramdam tayo ng mataas na presyo ng bilihin, di ba? Maraming tao yung naghahanap pa rin ng trabaho. So imagine if babalik na naman tayo dun sa 2020 na kailangang mag-lockdown kapag nagkaroon ng spike ng cases. Yeah. Pero yun nga, katulad ng sinasabi ko sa'yo, despite the rise in cases, hindi naman yung lockdown kasi mainly yung, yung goal nun is para hindi ma-overwhelm yung mga hospitals. Pero given that majority of the population have already been vaccinated, hindi na talaga parang out of the equation na yung ano, yung pagpuput yeah. ng areas on lockdown. Kasi imagine even our other countries, uh, for example, Singapore, actually, mas marami pa yung nare-record nila na daily cases uh-huh. sa atin. Pero, alam mo yun, yung ginagawa nila, parang they have to learn to live with the virus. Na. Yeah. So, parang ano, so, situation natin ngayon ay, in- in- innovative talaga yung pagtaas sa mga cases. Pero dahil vaccinated tayo, uh, 
medyo malakas sa response natin dito. And another one is, gusto nilang mag-face-to-face classes ng education sector. And then another is, out of this situation or out of this, this scenario na ang lockdown. So, mm-hmm. what should be the right response of the government now, Bonds, sa situation ngayon para uh, ma-address sila na hindi pa maglumalalalo yung uh, nangyayaring surge? I think dapat ano, nga by now, I mean by the new administration, Marcos administration, dapat natutunan na nila kung ano yung mga mistakes na ginawa during the previous administration. Okay, unahin natin yung pagkakaroon ng health secretary. I mean, yeah. I mean nasa week to na tayo ng Marcos administration, pero wala pa rin tayong health secretary. Diba? Parang it says a lot about kung ano talaga yung priority ng government. Kasi, I mean... Kailangan makawala tayo dito sa mess na to, dito sa problema na to ng pandemic. Of course, sasabihin ng iba na parang bakit bakit nyo pinepressure yung gobyerno na magkaroon na health secretary agad. Pero hindi nila naiintindihan na dapat yung health secretary, sila yung kasi magiging command, di ba? Sila yung maglilid sa atin kung ano dapat yung effective na strategy na kailangan natin gawin para dito maka-recover kasi nandoon na tayo sa point na kailangan nating maka-recover. Like hindi siya hindi siya parang magre-recover pero kailangan there's a need for us to recover. Ayun. So, so kailangan natin ng health secretary. I think ayun yung kailangan may announce agad. And by that by appointing the health secretary, kailangan makapag-isip siya ng effective strategy to take us out of this mess. So who's leading the DOH now? The the government's COVID-19 response. Kasi from what okay. I remember, 'di ba, IATF may mga heads yan. So, sino ngayon ang parang lead person in charge? Actually, what the DOH has been saying was that kahit na wala pa silang DOH secretary or wala pa silang head, sinasabi nila na parang hindi naman naapektuhan yung response. Pero di ba, parang hindi kasi yan yeah. ganun eh. I mean, parang hindi na nga naging effective yung strategy natin the past administration. So we, so we need something new. Di ba? Kailangan natin ng bago. Kailangan natin ng bago in a way na kailangan natin ng someone na maglilid sa atin. Kasi kita natin kung ano yung mga what work and what not before. So, we need someone who will lead us talaga. So, okay, once I know you said kagina na it shows yung baka priorities ng government. Pero, with the Microsoft decision mismo na hanggang ngayon, this today is uh, July 13, Wednesday. This is the night of July 13, Wednesday. What does it say about the government na Nahihirapan ba silang maghanap? Wala bang gustong sumama dahil natatakot sila sa nangyayari? Or ano yung nakikita mo kung narinig mo from your sources? Mm-mm. Actually, what the Marcos administration has been saying through Press Secretary Trixie Angeles was that sinasabi niya na wala pang, wala pang ano, alam nila yung urgency at saka yung kahalagahan ng pagkakaroon ng health secretary during this time of the pandemic. So sabi nila, mas nagiging mabosisi daw yung pagpili nila sa mga candidates for the position of health secretary. So sinasabi nila na they are taking their time to pick the best candidate for the position. Actually, we've heard a lot of like insider information kung sino na yung magiging health secretary. Yeah. Pero of course, hindi naman natin siya ilalabas dito. Yes. Hindi natin sasabihin. Pero yun, actually, marami, maraming candidates talaga for the position. So, pag tinignan namin yung profile, marami talagang promising yung expertise nila, very aligned with the COVID-19 pandemic response. So, yung iba talaga, mga specialist dito sa infectious disease. So, yun, sana yun yung makuha or yeah. sana talaga mapili yung pinaka-the best para mag-lead sa atin dito. Kailangan mo na mag-alay ng itlog para mapili yung the best <laughs> talaga. Pero ano, no, okay, so two weeks na of the Marcos administration, wala pa rin tayong DOH as of Wednesday night, July 13. 
what could be the impact na nga, hanggang ngayon wala pa rin? Hanggang ngayon na wala pa rin, and ano nakita mo ng long-term impact nito na late sila naghanap, nahanap, basically? Yung impact nito, if hindi pa rin tayo mabibigyan ng health secretary now, parang ang daming madideril yeah. na responses. Like for example, yung IATF kasi, ang lead nun talaga is health secretary or DOH chief. So kung wala pa rin tayo doon, sino yung uupo doon? Diba? Sino yung mag approve nitong mga recommendations na to para ipresenta kay President Marcos? So maraming nadidiril. And then optic-wise, parang ang bangit niyang tingnan na parang it says, ayun nga, ito din sinabi ko sa, sa inyo kanina, parang walang urgency on the part of the Marcos administration. So it says a lot about of what kind of leadership na magkakameron tayo and nasa week two pa lang tayo. Yes. And balik tayo sa COVID and the situation, no? I know you mentioned kanina na it's inevitable that the virus mutates. Inevitable na talagang magkakaroon uptick ng cases. So, Bones, are you saying this is our reality now, the years to come? Is there still any way to counter na palagi tayong darating at darating sa punto na tataas pa rin yung kaso natin? I think yung pinaka-best talaga na antidote to that or yung strategy is to get everyone vaccinated. Yeah. Ayun. Kasi ano eh, parang, alam mo yun, regardless na parang tayo, ng mga bakunado na kahit ilang booster shot pa yung iturok sa atin, kahit maka-fifth booster shot pa tayo, as long as merong isang tao sa Pilipinas na hindi bakunado, binibigyan niya ng chance na mag-mutate yung virus sa katawan yeah. niya. Uh-oh. And if that happens, hindi talaga mawawala or hindi mapuputol yung cycle. Diba? So, ang laki ng possibility or ang laki ng chance na meron na namang may-introduce na new variant. Yeah. At yun yung nakakatakot. Diba? So, yun, siguro uh, I'll take this opportunity na rin to urge the public to get vaccinated. It's safe naman and effective. So, hindi mo lang pinoprotektahan kasi yung sarili mo, pero yung pamilya, yung mga kaibigan mo, and the community that you live in. Regarding that, the vaccination in the Philippines, are we on track? I know we have targets, no? The government set targets. Mm-hmm. The Duterte government, the former Duterte presidency, set targets. I think, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't recall the specific numbers, pero I know meron mga 70%, 60%. Are we on track? And do you think what are the main challenges you're seeing when it comes to the vaccination drive of the Philippines? In terms of vaccination, na-reach ba ng Pilipinas yung target nila? Vaccinating 70% of the eligible population, yes. Pero delayed natin siya na meet. I mean, actually, we're 90% na, over 90% now, yung fully vaccinated ng eligible population. Pero yung whole population, naka-70% na tayo. Pero imagine, meron pa rin 30% ng population yung hindi pa rin bakunado. So, it all boils down na parang uh, marami pa rin. I mean, that 30% could translate to 30 million Filipinos na yeah. hindi pa rin nakakatanggap ng kahit isang dose ng vaccine. ba diba? And then, aside from that, yung booster. Yeah. Yung booster, actually, we came up with the story on why few Filipinos are taking COVID-19 booster shots. It was released last Monday. So, you can yeah. read that to know kung bakit nga ba ang slow ng uptake ng booster shots natin dito sa Philippines. Pero basically, yung sinasabi ng mga experts na nakausap natin is meron ng pandemic fatigue yeah. at the same time vaccine complacency. So, sinasabi ng mga experts na yung mga tao daw, parang pag nakakuha na sila ng, or nakompleto nila yung two doses ng ng vaccine, okay na sila. Feeling nila safe na sila. Feeling nila hindi na sila magkakaroon ng severe COVID. Well, yung variant kasi natin ngayon is yung Omicron, malala talaga siya and very infectious siya. At hindi lang tumatalab yung two doses. So, kailangan talaga ng booster. Yeah. So, yun. And then, at the same time, yung, yung pandemic fatigue at saka yung disinformation din talaga na lumalabas tungkol sa pagbabakuna, specifically sa booster. So, parang yung mga takot ng tao before 
pa kaya sila nagpapabakuna, kaya nila nakompleto yung two doses, may fear sila sa virus. Pero that fear, nagbago na siya, naging fear na siya sa side effects ng bakuna mm-hmm. dahil sa disinformation din. Yeah. So, John, and then aside from that, actually, this is an interesting take. Sinabi nung isang article abroad, isang local news magazine siya sa Canada, sinabi na parang yun daw term na booster, parang it connotes something. Parang iniisip ng mga tao, booster. So parang hindi siya, parang it connotes something na extra lang naman yeah. to, or oh. need to required. Di ba? Parang, come to think of it, parang it boosts you. So hindi siya necessary. Yeah. So may ganon, may ganon. And actually, kahit naman may mga ganit tayong problema, it all boils down talaga sa information drive. So, through proper and effective information drive, I think masusolusyon na natin tong problema on vaccination. I recall, no? I remember, ang open pa lang to general public ay yung first booster. Second booster, hindi pa rin. Do you think it will be open to the general public anytime soon? Yes, I think uh, many people or many experts have been lobbying to yung first booster, di ba open na siya sa public? Uh-oh. Yung second booster kasi, ano lang siya, naka-open lang siya sa healthcare workers, senior citizens, and in- immunocompromised, pero hindi pa siya available sa ibang sector. Pero sinasabi ng mga experts kasi na kailangang i-open na natin to kasi maraming bakuna yung nasasayang. Di ba? Maraming bakuna yung nag-expire natin, hindi siya nagagamit. Kung ayaw talaga ng mga tao na kunin yung bakuna na yon bigay na lang sa may gusto. Yun yung point ng mga experts natin. Kasi sa QC, for example, it's open for A3s yung mga people with comorbidities. Pero mm-hmm. kailangan may two, at least two comorbidities ka. Mm-hmm. So, inaabang ako rin. Kasi ako gusto ko na rin mag-booster talaga. Pero, so, ang next question ko, Bon. So, let's look back at the past two years under Duterte. The, the tail end of the Duterte admin was struck with the pandemic. Talagang dito na-test yung governance niya. Ano tingin mo mga lessons learned from the past two years to the Marcos administration? Should keep in mind na parang okay. medyo, uh, parang pag ginawa pa rin na itong kamarila to, parang, parang wala, parang sobrang, parang bakit yung pag ginawa yan, kung ganun, tipong ganun. Kasi natutunod tayo dapat in the past two years. Ano yung mga to? Siguro I would say, yung sa leadership talaga, di ba? I mean, yung early days ng pandemic, even actually, dito sa last days ni President Duterte, the government put the military men in the front line of the pandemic response. So, hindi yung mga, meron talagang alam, or merong mga, yung mga scientists, yung mga health experts talaga. So yun, kailangan matutunan yun or kailangan matuto yung Marcos administration dito na kailangan nilang ibigay ito sa mga health experts talaga. Kasi we're talking about public health and lives are at stake here. So yun, basically yun, and at the same time, kailangan back by science lahat ng strategy na gagawin nila. So hindi dapat tayo mag-trial and error. And aside from that, huwag tayo maging reactive sa mga situation lang or sa mga nagaganap. So we have to think of the long-term solution for the problem. Kasi ngayon, parang nangyayari, I mean, if mapapansin nyo, of course, I mean, the public naman um, was aware of this, na parang naging reactive lang tayo or band-aid solution talaga yung ginagawa. So ngayon yun, dapat din yung pag-aralan na kailangan pinag-iisipan talaga yung response na gagawin natin. So, for my last question, Bonds, I know parang lagi ko tinatanong sa'yo to every time na nag-guess kita mo pa Education Month or COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Pero what's the worst case scenario you can think of if the Marcos administration messes, messes up its uh, COVID-19 response? Okay, millions of Filipinos will suffer. Yun. I mean, kung nag-suffer na tayo dito sa Duterte administration, mas magsasuffer tayo sa Marcos administration if they mess it up again. Diba? 
I mean, imagine na maraming Pilipino na naman yung mawawalan ng trabaho. Imagine marami na naman Pilipino yung malulungkot dahil nawalan sila ng mahal sa buhay. Imagine kung ilang Pilipino yung magsasuffer sa mental health because hindi sila makapag-interact with other people due to isolation. Yes. So yun, marami, marami basic health services, maaano yan, may hinder yan. Like maraming hindi makakapag-perform ng kanila mga duties, maraming mga... Yung mga sadyante natin, di ba? Hindi na tayo lalayo. Ah, hindi sila makaka-interact na naman sa mga... I mean, hindi, yun, kasing, yun kasing face-to-face classes, hindi lang siya just because kailangan natin makarecover sa learning losses. Pero yung social abilities ng mga bata, di ba? Sobrang naapekto kanya yung social interaction niya. Pero so, kailangan natin siyang... Yun, yun yung worst-case scenario na naiisip ko na hindi talaga tayo makaka-recover dito. So, imagine kung ilang cases na naman yung kailangang i-report ng media every day yes. if the Marcos administration messes it up. And talagang ang lalala rin talaga ng pandemic fatigue no? Like, honestly, you and me, we sure we've experienced it now. We want the world to open again. We want the, the past opportunities that we had before the pandemic. Dapat meron na tayo ulit ngayon yun kasi uh, we can only well, isolate so much. Uh, we can only... Yeah. Uh, close our borders so much then dahil nga of course sabi mo nga not just with economy but also yung mga sudyante rin na mga kailangan mag face to face na rin so aabangan natin talaga kung magiging maayos ang sitwasyon natin lalo na gustong i-open ng ang basic education face to face na I think that was before the year end sama bonds no? Mm-mm. Actually by November 2 yes. and uh, actually yung kaya din siya medyo hindi tinanggap ng public Like, mandatory siya. So, walang yeah. option. Yung mga magulang, yung mga estudyante, whether they like it or not, they must abide by the new order of, actually, ito yung late, uh, pinaka-first order ni Vice President uh, Sara Duterte as Education Secretary. So, we, we so since first order siya ni VP Duterte, and I think one thing that they can do is to make sure that they're vaccinated. Encourage their friends to get vaccinated if hindi pa nila nagagawa to. And napakahaba pa ng discussion natin dito para sa COVID-19 situation sa Pilipinas kasi napakadami pang factors ito tulad ng sa education nga, labor and, and employment ng mga Pilipino. Pero para sa ating mga viewers na gusto sumali sa discussion na to, pwede silang sumali sa ating Facebook group, ang tawag ay ang Rappler Room. Makikita nyo ang link sa comment section. So maraming salamat, Bones, for joining me today. Aabangan natin ang mga updates pa sa situation natin ngayon. At igigas kita next, I think, siguro until the months pag malapit na ang opening classes para pag-usapan naman yung situation ng COVID-19 in relation to the education sector. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rapper and News Race sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo na access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rapper Plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at rapper.com. Again, I'm Jules Gavilan, and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. If you enjoyed this podcast, help us continue to do what we do by contributing to Rappler. You can support us by making a donation of any amount through rplr.co slash support Rappler. That's rplr.co slash support Rappler. Or click on the link in the description. Your donation directly supports fearless, independent journalism in the Philippines.